the other big silo, networking. A lot of people join ULI because they just want to connect with other people who are figuratively and literally breaking ground in their communities. (laughs) So ULI is the largest member network for the real estate community um, that is cross-disciplinary in nature. So I like to say that ULI is the second most important association, professional association you can join in your career. I'm a planner by trade. My professional association is the American Planning Association. And the four little letters behind my name, AICP, I pay for the privilege to keep those four letters on my email signature, right? It's kind of wonky, but truly, like I geek out on all that planning stuff. It's incredibly important to me. And it keeps me the kind of the keeps my my edge sharp when it comes to planning. You may be an architect with AIA or a landscape architect with ASLA, or you may be a commercial broker with CCIM out there. The list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. Everybody's industry, you know, real estate discipline has a professional association, and it's obviously going to be the most important. When we all come out of those, those foxholes or rabbit holes of our industry discipline and our associations, and we look across the landscape to see what the heck else is going on in the real estate world, that's where ULI lives. Welcome to the Placemaking Podcast. Podcast. The show geared at helping real estate developers learn and understand important aspects of the development process while improving communities one at a time. Each week, we'll discuss major facets of the real estate development process with industry professionals. Now, here's your host, Matthew Lowe's. Hello and welcome to episode number 47 of the Placemaking Podcast. I'm extremely excited to share this next conversation with all of you today. Wes Craiglow is not only one of my good friends, he is the Northwest Arkansas Coordinator for the Urban Land Institute. In this capacity, he's responsible for uniting the mission of ULI with NWA real estate trends and land use professionals through the use of technical assistance, events, and leadership development. Now, before joining ULI as the NWA coordinator, Wes worked as a planner and deputy director for planning for over 10 years at the city of Conway, Arkansas. While studying geography at UCA, Wes got a taste of how the built environment really does impact the behaviors of individuals within the various communities. He then took this a step further in understanding and obtained a master's degree in community and economic development. Now, ULI is a member-driven organization dedicated to advancing leadership and the responsible use of land in creating and sustaining thriving communities. Now, at its core, ULI is the sum of its members who themselves deliver the ULI mission, positively shaping the future of real estate and land use disciplines in ways that lead to the development of built environments that better serve way more people. ULI members include real estate developers, Builders, owners, finance and investment professionals, brokers, architects, engineers, urban planners, public officials, and many more. Now in this episode, we're going to discuss the importance of the Urban Land Institute's mission, how members can benefit from the ULI organization, and all about the various events that ULI hosts in order to provide the most benefit to its members. There's loads of great information in this episode, and I greatly appreciated Wes for taking the time out of his extremely busy schedule to discuss this topic of real estate development and the Urban Land Institute with me. 
Now, as always, if you have enjoyed the show, I'd ask that you please subscribe to the show and share with your friends in the industry. There will be more exciting conversations on the shows to come. So, without further ado, let's start the show. Hey, welcome to the show, Wes. Thanks for having me, Matt. I'm really excited. Yeah, glad to have you on the show. I love our discussions, so I wanted to share some of those with with fellow listeners and, and kind of get to know a little bit more about you and, and the mission of ULI. For sure. I'm really excited. Looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. So let's let's start off here by getting to know you a little bit better, Wes, and, and tell us about your background and, and kind of how you started, and then we'll transition that to, to what you're doing now at ULI. For sure. So Wes Craiglow and currently serve as the Northwest Arkansas coordinator for the Urban Land Institute. My background is in municipal planning. I spent a little over 10 years at the planning department in Conway, Arkansas, helping manage really explosive growth there. I'm about 30 miles outside of Little Rock, so part of the metro area, but Conway was kind of unique. It's it's not really a bedroom community. It's got it's got a, uh, an industrial backbone. It's got a technology backbone. And most of all, it's got three three different colleges uh, or university and two colleges. Uh, it was, it's an incredible city um, that was facing very rapid growth. And so I really, really fell in love with the, how cities manage the land use and the patterns and the, you know, overall the consumption and how the, the, the built environment evolves. Uh, in rapid area and rapidly growing areas. And and I really, through that time there, we can be more specific, but my role in particular allowed me to work specifically with the private development community on commercial office, industrial and multifamily projects. I was the, the primary representative for the city government on those development projects. And so I really got to tune in to the private development community, gain an appreciation, learn an awful lot, um, even though I was on the city hall side, um, I really felt like in many ways uh, I was a, a strong partner to the development community. And um, and yeah, I spent uh, almost 11 years doing that and before transitioning to Northwest Arkansas and assuming this role at, at ULI. Prior to that, I was in, in school. My, my degrees are in, in urban planning and in, I'm sorry, um, in geography and master's in community and economic development. Um, and I got some military background back in there too, some time in the army. So yeah, that's awesome. What what got you involved in city planning? So you said geography was your bachelor's. That's right. I started school at University of Central Arkansas there in Conway, and uh, I think I went through embarrassingly enough, Matt. I went through three or four majors, and I was just kind of a drifter. I thought maybe I was going to be a college student forever <laughs> and I just nothing connected. And I knew I wanted to connect with what I was doing because would, I would probably be doing something like that for the remainder of my, my productive life. And finally I connected. I, I don't know how I got in a geog. I don't recall 20, 25 years ago, whatever, but I connected with geography and, and it really geography's misunderstood people are like oh so what's the capital of north dakota or, you know something <laughs> germane like that and and really it's uh it's way more rich than that geography is really the study of um of how people interact with places the natural environment the built environment we talk a lot about mobility and transportation we talk about 
um, this the social study, you know, like the society and 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 how humanity evolves over time, influenced by their surroundings, mm-hmm. be it climate and weather, or be it the built environment, or the natural environment, or the economies. It is geography is really has a lot of depth to it, and and that was the first time that I really started being thoughtful about how the environment around me impacts the way that I live. And I, and now it just seems obvious to talk about it. For example, uh, you know, sidewalks in my neighborhood probably make me more likely to, you know, walk or run with my kid. Um, Bike lanes in my city probably make me more likely to ride my bike. Occasionally the built environment matters, right. Um, As does the natural environment. But at the time that was like the enlightening moment. And, uh, and it was, it was there coming out an internship in my senior year that I walked into city hall and, and that internship in city hall, developed uh, into a job it just it just it was a smooth transition and while i was getting my feet under me as a young planner um i uh, started graduate school in community and economic development because i really wanted to understand that the, the the social component the community development piece and how stakeholders are identified and and how people of influence get to recalibrate their city from whether it's a service point of view or an economy point of view or a physical attribute point of view like that all that community development piece of it and understanding the social ecosystem there and the and the economic ecosystem for sure um you know learn a lot about you know how industry is is delivered into communities and the competitive competitive environment there learn a lot about small business and entrepreneurial systems um, what it takes in in a local economy at the city level city and county level um, to support small business and have that have that um, that environment that incubates entrepreneurship and helps ensure success workforce development is a big part of economic development like are we is our supply and demand for the workforce in balance Mm-hmm. Um, the list goes on and on, but yeah, that that master's in in CED and community and economic development it was it's been um, immensely important to m- my career as a as a planner and subsequent to that at ULI. My military experience was it was uh, unrelated. Uh, <laughs> my back my background I was a I was a combat engineer, so my job was to um, my job was to make sure that the, the the infantry and the tankers got to where they needed to go. And if there was a, a, you know, getting across a ravine or clearing a minefield or whatever it was in my experience, the IEDs in the streets of Baghdad, making sure that we got rid of all those IEDs so that, so that people could move around the city safely. That's what we do. We just make sure that the good guys can move where they want to move. And the bad guys are limited, no relation whatsoever to city planning. (laughs) Uh, Kind of, but not, not, not the, Oh, we're talking. maybe sure, <laughs> you really want to stretch sure. Yeah. Well, that's, that sounds like all kind of a, a natural progression there. You know, like you were saying, the geography and, and your, your master's degree kind of seem like a natural progression into really where you're at now. You know, I, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the goals and discussions that were had, you know, previously really align fairly well with, what uh, the mission of the ULI is. And if you would, just give us an idea for those that don't know or aren't currently involved in the ULI. In layman's terms, what what would you yeah. say the mission of the uh, Urban Land Use uh, Institute would be? So so the Urban ULI is a, it's a nonprofit organization dedicated to 
helping communities, um, helping shape communities throughout the world for, for transformative impact. Um, ULI was established in 1936, so we're, we're hitting our 85th birthday this year. Uh, it, was, it was started by a group of, of real estate developers who wanted to share great ideas and collaborate on best practices and discuss kind of the emerging trends in the marketplace. And, um, and they wanted to network with one another. And that was, the, that was the start of ULI. And here we are 85 years later. It started as a member network, for the record. It's important to say that. We continue to be a member network. Um, and here we are 85 years later with offices all over the world, 53 district councils, just like ours, um, throughout the United States. We have a total membership exceeding 45,000 right now. And we have several research centers at our headquarters in Washington, D.C., who are not just discussing emerging trends and best practices, but in many, in many ways identifying them and, and, and publishing works about them for, for consumption by the real estate community. It's, a, it's, a, it's an incredible organization and, and that delivers a lot of meaningful impact to communities throughout the world. Yeah, definitely. So a lot of the listeners are um, in real estate, typically real estate development more mm-hmm. so. So how could somebody get, uh, find benefit in, in this community of members? It sounds like primarily it is real estate developers, um, but obviously there's some that are in different facets of real estate that are involved as well. But just generally, uh, what kind of benefits do you see for those? Yeah, that's a great question. There are really, to put it simply, two silos of benefit. I mean, there's lots of benefits. I could probably name a half dozen to a dozen silos, but I'm going to target the two big ones, sure. like strategic level. One is education and one is networking. Um, the education, you get down in the education silo and there is really high quality professional development to be had, whether, whether we're identifying career pathways, um, you know, within the real estate community, um, or whether you're looking for, you know, what are, what are policy trends in the local government side that we can be informing staff planners and mayors and city council members about, um, to, to the private sector side, how can I learn how to make my, my project more economically potent from for my bottom line, while at the same time, uh, you know, we address some some climate change challenges. So, like, where where is the intersection of sustainability and economic performance that is really important to ULI from a business point of view? Uh, I mean, the education piece goes on on and on and on. There's so much education and professional development to be had within the ULI network, and a lot of people come specifically as consumers of the content that we deliver. And it's not just content that comes out of the ULI research centers or out of ULI members who write and publish themselves or speak and give guest lectures and host forums. Um, It's not just that. ULI oftentimes reaches beyond ULI and accesses expertise um, from outside our network to deliver into the network. So there's truly a lot of fabulous content that that is available um, within the confines of ULI. Um, and that's sometimes consumed at events and sometimes it's as simple as sitting at your desk and reaching out to members have access to what we call the ULI knowledge finder. Um, it's think of it like Google for <laughs> the ULI library and thousands, I don't even know how many, 85 years worth of publications, um, case studies, 
um, research publications, journal in, journal articles, the list goes on and on, thousands upon thousands of, of, of publications within the ULI library that can be accessed by members. Um, so yeah, I, the education piece is deep. The other big silo, networking. A lot of people join ULI because they just want to connect with other people who are figuratively and literally breaking ground in their communities. <laughs> right. So ULI is the largest member network for the real estate community um, that is cross-disciplinary in nature. Huh. So I like to say that ULI is the second most important association, professional association you can join in your career. I'm a planner by trade. My professional association is the American Planning Association and those four little letters behind my name, AICP, I pay for the privilege to keep those four letters on my email signature, right? right. Kind of wonky, but truly like I geek out on all that planning stuff. It's incredibly important to me and it keeps me the kind of the keeps my, my edge sharp when it comes to planning. <clears throat> you may be an architect with AIA or a landscape architect with ASLA, or you may be a commercial broker with CCIM out there. The list goes on and on. Right. Everybody's industry, you know, real estate discipline has a professional association and it's obviously going to be the most important. When we all come out of those those foxholes or rabbit holes of our industry discipline and our associations, and we look across the landscape to see what the heck else is going on in the real estate world, that's where ULI lives. Right. We are we are the largest network of real estate professionals focused on the cross disciplinary network. And so, where do where does the debt and equity capital community go to partner with um, developers? meet new develop meet new developers or land acquisition or tenant representatives or commercial brokerage or architects or engineers and the list goes on and on and on. Everybody who plays a role, typically the public side, huge network on the public side. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the folks at City Hall that we know that are the established the regulatory environment within which the development community operates. Like all of us hang out at ULI. And that's the beauty of it is when you want to go to share ideas, to network, to strike deals, to ask questions um, across the full spectrum of industry disciplines, ULI is that place. And it is absolutely a sweet spot from that point of view. And there's a ton of value just on the networking side of the house. You put those two together, 85 years worth of content, 45,000 members all across the globe, all delivering development and every possible form scale and scope you can imagine that amount of education combined with the power of that network makes uli i think important for everybody in the industry it is i believe the second most important professional association you can join it's effectively a chamber of commerce just for our industry that spans the globe it's incredible and i couldn't be obviously i'm a huge uh, ambassador for uli but i couldn't be a bigger cheerleader either i just get fired up about it that's awesome. Never, yeah. never heard it described like that before. But yeah, you, I guess I could see that. It'd be a chamber of commerce because you're you're bringing <laughs> in people from all different industries, yeah. and that is, I, I have enjoyed that as part of my experience with ULI. Is that, yeah, sure, I've got you know my my focused industrial direction and an organization, but I'm not going to be able to really network. I might get some good knowledge. And education from that that group, but networking. I mean, I'm basically networking with competitors. You know, it's not really a 
uh, it's not really a good place for that, but education obviously is important. Yeah. Like you mentioned, you know, the AICP, it keeps you sharp. It's your, it's your knowledge base, but you know, this is, this is zoomed out. This is, you know, bringing in uh, basically all the other disciplines and bringing their knowledge in as well. And that's, that's invaluable. I mean, I, I'm a consultant. And so being able to understand what somebody, uh, an architect is, you know, what they're focused on. And like you mentioned, debt and equity, what those kind of people are, are looking for in their deals. I mean, it makes me a better consultant by understanding, you know, what, uh, these different viewpoints. So yeah, that's, that's an awesome point. Yeah, you will. Uh, and I, I, you know, first off, thank you for your membership. And I really look forward here for our region, Northwest Arkansas, to to seeing you branch out. I mean, I know that you're a, a recent retransplant here to our region. And it's great because as a member of our local network here, Matt, you're going to be able to get out, you know, now that we're coming out of COVID, we start hosting more networking events aside it has not been easy being a networking heavy organization like uli in a pandemic but i am so happy that we're getting our schedule our in-person event schedule um, fired back up again and i look forward to seeing you out there because i think there's a ton of value for you for the reasons we both mentioned here um it's it's really going to be it's going to be exciting going forward well speaking on that what do what are some of the events look like for ULI. You mentioned yeah. networking is, is the second pillar. It's it's one of mm-hmm. the most important pieces of ULI. So how do you combine the two pillars and and provide these type of educational networking events? What do those look like for you guys? Sure. So we try to dovetail the two in everything we do. Every now and again, like during a pandemic, it's content only because we're living in the digital realm. Mm -hmm. So for example, for the last year, we've been hosting a webinar series and, and it's, are there ways to do networking on zoom? Yes. Are they potent? Arguably not. We did not have a lot of luck. So we just focused our energy on delivering valuable content. Mm-hmm. What did that mean to us? We went and found national speakers. It's really easy when you don't have to pay for people's travel and lodging when they're here. You invite them to your community. Like having an expert speaker come to your community, is, it's, a, it's a logistic lift and there's a lot of costs. Well, Zoom made that easy. You yeah. know, I mean, just like a, a, you know, a speaker fee or an honorarium and we could get really high profile national talent speaking to our local audience so from a pure content point of view, I'm sure it, it was forced by the pandemic, but it worked. We don't do a ton of it. On the other end of the spectrum, pure networking, every now and again, we'll host events that are specific to just blowing off some steam and getting to hang out with some other folks in the field, some of whom you know, some of whom you don't, just like a networking happy hour. Um, we've done them in the past. As a matter of fact, we've, we've done one pretty recently focused on um, our women's leadership initiative and and just getting women in the field connecting with one another. Um, mm-hmm. It's probably going to take on a, a more robust programming tone and time and more content will be folded in. But right now it's really just it's the ground laying the groundwork by developing some relationships, mm-hmm. virtually pure networking. However, although there's value in being pure on education and networking, we do attempt and 
almost every uh, on in every case we attempt to blend those two. So what does that look like? Um, we have in our repertoire two forms, primary forms of programming. One is our core programs. One is our signature program. Um, and in our core programs, these are going to be things that you would probably see. And I'm speaking only for Northwest Arkansas now. Okay, so just our, you know, each district council, the 53 throughout North America, can operate by and large independently. We are allowed to develop our own programming. We take the ULI mission, the power of the network, all of the resources, and we calibrate it to the challenges and opportunities and needs of our local region. Mm -hmm. um, so that's it's important to say that first off. Our core programming that we've decided here, um, it's probably going to be pretty, pretty straightforward stuff. You know, get together a few times a year for a member breakfast. Uh, we can learn a little bit about what's going on at ULI and just engage with one another. Um, same sort of thing on what we call cocktails with content. It's a networking happy hour, but we do some light content. So probably a local or a regional speaker talking about maybe maybe doing a site tour, getting to know a project that is about to to do their ribbon cutting. We get a sneak peek and we learn a little bit about you know, what are lessons learned from this project? If we could hear from the developer, right? If we could hear from the architect or the, the contractor, what can we learn? And then let's have a drink and, you know, have some finger food before we all go home for the day. Um, speaker luncheons. I think we're going to, you can expect to see our speaker luncheon series stand back up. Um, expert speakers several times a year. Um, you know, everybody come by and have lunch and pretty traditional, you know, speaker series for a luncheon program like that and more. These are our, what we call our core programs. Mm -hmm. Deliver them consistently, ensure value, ensure that there's some networking opportunity, but people can start to plan a calendar and we can be um, predictable and consistent. The other end is our signature program. And this is really where we have some deep impact. Um, this is what I'm really excited. We're, we're pretty new. We're, we're five years old here at ULI Northwest Arkansas. Uh, since we've established a strategic plan, hired full-time staff like me and, and have a, a, a leadership committee uh, to advise us. Um, we're really two years old. We have not launched signature plans yet, thanks COVID, but I'm excited. Signature plans are really where we talk about career pathways. So working at the high school and collegiate level to help potential future real estate development professionals learn a little bit about the industry, mm -hmm. high level stuff at the, at the um, high school and college level, but let's start introducing um, various facets of the development and land use management communities, because we've got to keep the pipeline moving and we need the best we can get. And uh, so we will really deliver some career pathway conversations. Um, I think that we will be focused really specifically on underrepresented demographics. So young people in leadership positions, women in leadership positions, and people of color throughout every opportunity in the real estate community. We all know that the real estate community is dominated by white men, just is. And so I really see a huge opportunity to introduce new demographics, underrepresented demographics, to this industry as decision makers and influencers, leaders. And I'm very excited about developing, about launching some programs, in fact, um, that are going to help us do that. Policy reform. One of the things I hear all the time when I talk to my members on the private sector side is how unpredictable it can be <laughs> navigating the red tape of entitlements. Sure. And so how can we, how can ULI serve as a bridge between the need for community leaders, the mayors, the city council members, the staff planners, I've been one, they 
they get to uh, b- working with their communities, they get to build a vision for their community and they build a regulating environment around that community vision. They hand those rule books, those playbooks over to the private sector and the private sector then gets to live within those left and right limits. And that's the development that that city, generally speaking, permits to be to, to be delivered. There, there's obvious friction associated in that relationship. I get it. And then you have an environment like Northwest Arkansas and virtually every major metro area where you may be doing projects in a half dozen different independent municipalities at any given moment. Metro areas sometimes will have a couple of anchor cities, handful of anchor cities, and then dozens of small communities dotted around them. That is a really complex regulatory environment. And so how can you ally, um, how can you ally make that more favorable? really from the point of view of affordability. So I, I care about it. Representing my my members on the private sector side, absolutely. Um, we, we want to represent and advocate for everybody's best interests. But I see it as, supply, as a supply and demand challenge that is affecting affordability in rapidly growing markets like we have here in Northwest Arkansas, Matt. I mean, like if we have regulatory environment that is constraining the delivery of homes in particular, but anything in effect, if, we're cons- if that regulatory environment slows down the entitlement process and constrains the private sector's ability to deliver supply commensurate to demand, we are guaranteed to watch prices skyrocket. And this is a story that is repeating itself coast to coast. And we're feeling it right here in in Northwest Arkansas. And so I'm like, how can ULI work on policy reform? How can we get in there and, you know, build some bridges you know, establish some communication right. channels, maybe do some relationship repair if necessary, but like <laughs> facilitate meaningful conversations between the public sector and the private sector side, making sure that everybody gets generally what they want, but that we're delivering to market what the what the demand end wants to. And we're doing it at the most affordable possible level so that we care for our workforce. That's really what it's about is we want to make sure that, that you know, the vast majority of us out on the landscape who are just middle America um, median income earners that we can afford to enjoy great places too. And I think mm-hmm. that ULI has a, ULI has a place there. And so when I think about signature programs, uh, I really look forward to delivering and, and there's others that we're thinking about. I won't belabor them. Tune in to arkansas.uli.org or any ULI in your region. And you will see these and so many other programs. These are things you know, whether you're doing light networking on the core the core program side, light content, light networking, get in and out an hour or two, or you're in the signature side and you are participating with a long-term effort that is shaping the landscape where you live and work, deep relationships are formed there. That is like beyond networking, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you can really build some strong strategic partnerships and meaningful relationships. Um, it, it Back to the original question, content. Let me just go ahead and call it impact and the networking. Let me go ahead and call that relationships. That stuff ideally is happening at the same time in everything that we do. Uh, yeah, that's again, ULI delivers things. We're unparalleled in what we do for communities. Nobody else does the things that I've described here, especially as well as ULI. Yeah. And like you mentioned, I've got the way to 45,000 plus members to to help, you know, have those conversations. And I like the idea that you mentioned that, you know, ULI can act as really a bridge between developers and, and city city staff that, you know, 
most developers like to think they have a good relationship with city staff or hope they do. Uh, but this is this is the opportunity to have kind of a you know step away from the table. Let's have a discussion, you know, without an agenda or you know there's an agenda, but trying to bring those together to come up with a good plan for for the future for the for the city and for the communities surrounding. And I mean, um, pardon my interruption, but imagine yeah. when most of those conversations happen in communities across the country. Those are the only time the mayor and the city council members and the decision, the policy decision makers, all respect to staff members, um, but but truly the, the, the people who were there um, when the action's happening, the rezoning request or whatever it may be is happening. Um, and the, 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 the endorsers of all those policies, the only time they're meeting with the private development community or the representatives of that community are at the city council meeting, right? Like when the developers at the lectern yeah. asking for permission for this entitlement, like I need this thing to move forward. And you got a room full of, of citizens that don't understand and staff members that are briefing their piece of it all wonky style with technical terms that few people understand. And it's this, it's not an environment. My point is, Matt, it's not an environment that is conducive to healthy relationships. Right. It can be at best um, overly structured and a little bit clinical. Right. Still get the work done, but it can be clinical. Worst case scenario, it becomes adversarial and right. highly politically charged. These are not environment. This is not where you want to be doing that work. Not policy making so environments. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so how can ULI be that 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 neutral convener? You know, as a nonprofit, we're here and we have membership on both. Just so you know, about 80 percent of ULI's members are from the private sector. About 20 percent are from government and academia. Um, but we represent everybody. And and every we believe that all of the above, everybody's voice matters in the built environment. Um, everybody's got something to contribute. How can we be a neutral convener? Far away from the city council agenda, far away from the the citizens who are there out of fear or misunderstanding. And how can we have meaningful conversations that shape that relationship for the better? You know, we can the city can achieve their vision for their built environment. The developer can earn a good living and take advantage of opportunities in that community. And we can we can recognize each other as partners in the best possible city we can create. I think that's I think that is not unreasonable. It's not. To me, it's not a that's not a challenge that is insurmountable, and I think that ULI is perfectly positioned for it. So, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm, oh no, that's it that's struck part. me as you were speaking that that the environment most of these conversations happen in are not good environments for relationship building. Right, right. As uh, someone that's been in a few of those, I, I can definitely attest to that. That discussion is not conducive for, um, you know, making. Some some decisions that uh, both sides can can agree on. So, um, so for someone that's not familiar with this region, this Northwest Arkansas region that's, that's starting to <laughs> blossom for better words, how would you describe it? And, and how do you think ULI could could benefit to this region, or what benefits could ULI bring to this region? Yeah. Um... So I've touched on these a little bit, so I won't belabor it too much, but Northwest Arkansas is, is, is it's no different than what many dozens, arguably hundreds of other regions, metropolitan regions are 
facing right now. And that is rapid growth, thanks to the, the depopulation in rural areas and the, the, the growth of urban areas. Um, we are experiencing rapid population growth and it is managing that growth is challenged by the complexity of, in our region, 30 municipal governments that are all part of absorbing this growth in one scale or another, as well as two counties, um, two county governments and the unincorporated areas of those counties in particular that are starting to be developed. And, uh, and that is really the, it's just a, that is, that is it in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a lot of demand um, and in particular here in Northwest Arkansas, there's a lot of, a lot of metropolitan areas that are growing as fast or faster than us. So we're not alone. We are challenged with incredibly rapid growth right now um, here in Northwest Arkansas, as you're aware, uh, we have a really awesome quality of place and it's affordable, very affordable for now relative to other major markets. In addition to that, we're blessed to have three Fortune 500 companies, one of which is a Fortune, the Fortune 1 company. And the tens of thousands of people, the, the, the really smart people that help run those organizations are, are complemented by the secondary organizations that serve those three corporate entities. And then the tertiary community that all that is all there. That's where you get into the, you know, the restaurants, the hotels, the service sector, everything else. Like this economic ecosystem that we have here in Northwest Arkansas is just driving that growth. It's just an engine. And then you then you add the quality of place. It's incredible. I mean, Northwest Arkansas is just incredible. And I'm bragging on my home here. Uh, so I'm talking to a fellow Northwest Arkansan. But you could say this, all the things that I'm talking about are true of other places, major places that we know, like San Francisco, Washington, D.C., Denver, Austin, Nashville, Atlanta, um, to places that are kind of up and comers, like Northwest Arkansas. I think about spots like Chattanooga, Franklin, Tennessee, um, Frisco, Texas, Des Moines, Iowa, um, kind of they're kind of low key risers um, that are probably much more similar to us. They also have incredible economic ecosystems. They have excellent quality of place and their demand is through the roof. So you get, you get to this place where it's like, okay, on the supply side, um, how are we delivering? And it's, it is a fire hose on the supply side. There are, there's lots of opportunity to work in real estate development in Northwest Arkansas and similar markets, loads of opportunity. The challenges of delivering to market enough at an affordable level, overcoming the complexities of all this, you know, the entitlement uh, environment. Like we've got 30 different cities and two different counties. And so not only are you having to assess market trends and analyze your, you know, your performance to begin with, but now you're having to factor in, you know, a, the dynamics regionally and, and how that affects decision-making. Again, it's just the world we live in right now. We're not all in small towns where you can become an expert and, you know, city halls down the road. And I know everybody. It's a much more complex environment than it was a couple of generations ago. And and so how does ULI, again, you've heard me talk about where, where ULI's role is. I mentioned two or three things, and I'm sure I can mention two or three more. But, but, but ultimately, it's about being that neutral convener, an intermediary, a policy, um, a, a, a guider. Of, of best practices and best policies 
practices on the private side, policies on the public side, um, a relationship builder. You know, I mean, I, I just think that ULI can, can be a, a hub for a lot of the conversations and, and for, for, for removing a lot of the complexity or at least helping people understand the, the environment so that it's not perceived or, or truly as complex as it, it may be otherwise. Mm-hmm. Because it's also true that a lot of people are arriving to Northwest Arkansas and other fast-growing markets. You know, they're they're establishing new branches of the of the, the construction company or new branches of the the financing company or new branches of the design, architecture, and engineer. We're getting new offices located here all the time, and they come to ULI first to say, "What the heck's going on in Northwest <laughs> Arkansas?" Like ULI, I, I was a member of ULI when I came from St. Louis or where Dallas or wherever I'm moving here from. And I'm new to the area. We're just planted the new office here and I need to know who the role players are, you know, what the rules are, where everybody's hanging out, what are the hot topics. And, you know, and I think ULI is an awesome resource to help people just navigate the complexities of a fast growing region like this. Yeah. And I think, I think we discussed this before, but definitely would like to have another conversation on, on what that looks like here and as you mentioned, we're not any different than most other these submarkets here that aren't quite the primaries, the, the Dallas, the, the Austins, the the DCs. Yeah. But we, uh, you know, we do have those those uh, some of the similar similar challenges, and I think it'd be a fun conversation for another time. Don't have yeah, that much anything. time for this one. This one. This one. Uh, that would take up a full episode for sure. <laughs> so, what is a what is a day in the the life of Wes look like right now? What are what are you dealing with right now? Yeah, um, right now we are so so behind the curtain. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll go out in front of the co- curtain first. So we're we're putting together a programming calendar our core programs calendar for the next couple of years right now. What are we going to be delivering on the core side? What's our rhythm, if you will, like mm-hmm. how many member breakfasts, how many speaker luncheons, how many site tours, how many happy hours, the list goes on and on. Um, what's our rhythm for these things? What do we have the capacity to deliver right now? And and we're really we're coming out of COVID. The vast majority of this is going to be in person. And so, you know, um, how it's our marketing strategy? How do we get people to get to reconnect? Because we're all coming out of this COVID darkness at the same time, and networking events like this are are, are uh, coming back. So, so really, we're working hard on the on the um, front of the curtain. We're delivering. We have four events in the month of May, for example. We're looking forward towards the end of the summer on a couple of more, and we're starting to fill up. You know, some of the white space on the fall calendar. Um, and I'm people can go to Arkansas.uli.org and learn all they want about our upcoming events. There's a, you'll see a little header bar and events are part of that. You can look at the calendar. It'll also give you access to other district councils in the region. You can go to district councils across the country and see what kind of events they're hosting. Um, And then digital events, you know, webinars continue. That way you can listen in from anywhere you are. If you're a member, you can access recording for a lot of those, those webinars and digital events. So lots of stuff. Start at arkansas.uli.org and and try to get an idea of what's going on out in front of the curtain. Um, behind the curtain, we are right now uh, in capacity building mode. You heard me mention that 
ULI Northwest Arkansas launched five years ago, all volunteer led. Two years ago, we added staff and really started to build capacity from a full-time point of view. And as I look forward, starting this fall over the next three years, we intend to continue to add staff. We are going to adjust our board and committee structure so that the members who choose to, so first we're going to do adjust the board and committee structure to create um, a more well-organized, a more thoughtful structure right. for our volunteer members who want to serve, but also more vacancies. That's what I wanted to say. We're <laughs> going to have additional opportunities for our ULI members here in Northwest Arkansas to serve. Uh, maybe that's serving in membership. Maybe it's serving communications or delivering programs. Maybe it's service and technical advisor, advisory panels to communities in need. Um, maybe you just want to be high-level advisory service or an advisory board member. But we will have additional opportunities to allow our members here in Northwest Arkansas to, to deliver through, you know, under the flag of ULI. So I'm really excited about that new board and committee structure. And then, of course, the biggie for me is the, you know, the director role is like fundraise, put money on the board. This, all this capacity sounds good. And we didn't even talk about signature programs, a lot of costs associated, course costs with delivering core programs. But signature programs are even more expensive, especially from the staffing and logistics point of view. Right. And so um, we got to have money on the board. And so most of my, me, Wes, not, not the rest of my staff and volunteer uh, member leaders, but like Wes is focused right now on money. As a nonprofit, we depend on the revenue we can generate organically through event ticket sales and, uh, and membership dues. Obviously, that's a big part of our revenue streams. But but it's also corporate sponsorships, people who see value in ULI. And so they choose to align their brands to us in, in, in support of either brand awareness on their end or advancing our mission. And then philanthropically, we know we're, we're reaching out to philanthropic organizations who, who have missions that complement the mission at ULI. And they see value in investing in ULI Northwest Arkansas in a big way so that we can deliver deep content that signature event stuff that i talked about um yeah my my life right now it's always madness there's always a hundred irons in the fire it's like everybody else at work but me west priority one we're probably the you know between now and the end of summer is get you know seek donors i right. want people to buy into this thing that we're building to see the vision and want to partner with us from again, their brand awareness point of view, there's exposure associated with that, getting them oh, yeah. a bigger audience in the, in the professional industry in Northwest Arkansas, but philanthropically also. They just believe in what we do and they see us as a meaningful member to the community here and they're willing to invest in us for that reason. So that's a big spiel for revenue yeah. development, but if you're interested, you can find me at arkansas.uli.org. I'm more than happy to have a conversation about how you can leverage ULI to your own ends um, financially. So I look forward if anybody is interested in investing. Look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, definitely. I was actually going to give you a, an opportunity to tell us <laughs> where we can find out more, but you know, you've kind of mentioned it throughout arkansas.uli. Yeah. Is there any other ways that you would recommend somebody reach yeah. out? Yeah, for sure. Um, you can you can find me uh, at wes.craiglow. Um, that's W-E-S dot C-R-A-I-G-L-O-W at uli.org. Send me an email anytime. I'm more than happy just to have a cup of coffee or a cold beer and talk shop with anybody listening digitally or in person. Um, or if you want to collaborate on something deep and meaningful, you definitely have my attention. I love delivering impact. So you can always reach out to me personally. 
Um, in addition to that, you can find us on social media at Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Um, I'll spare you with all the HTML detail or whatever the WWW details, <laughs> but you just go, yeah, go to Facebook, go to LinkedIn, go to Instagram, search for ULI Northwest Arkansas or the ULI in your neck of the woods. I know you have a national audience, Matt. So, um, there are, like I said, there are 52 other district councils. If you're in a major metro area, it's almost guaranteed you have a ULI district council, um, find them on social media or go to their websites and engage that way. Um, Definitely invite it. Uh, we want to we want to partner with every industry professional we can in one way or the other. So. Awesome. Well, there's there's so much in there. Like I said, I think there's a part two to this discussion, but we'll hit that <laughs> later. But I know Sounds you're a busy guy, so I'll, I'll let you get back to your back to all your work right now. But really appreciate your time, Wes. Thank you very much, Matt. You know, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Uh, I listen to it regularly and you have a lot to be proud of. Every time I tune in, I learn from your guests and I hope in some small way I've delivered something here about ULI that others can learn and benefit from. Uh, Keep up the good work. I'll continue to be a fan and I wish you the very best with the podcast going forward. Happy to help anytime. Thanks, Wes. Talk to you later. You got it. Bye, buddy. 